Hi, I'm Notably Texan host Matt Minky, and I recently had the opportunity to interview Tyler Bryant, a singer and guitarist who got his start right here in our backyard in Northeast Texas. And we spoke to him as he was gearing up to bring his band The Shakedown back home to Texas to perform in Paris. And what you're about to hear is the web version of a discussion that I had with Tyler Bryant. But I do recommend trying to catch these when they happen on the air at 88.9 FM and streaming at KETR.org because that's when I can include all the examples of the music. But I do want to give you an opportunity to hear this excellent discussion that I had with Tyler Bryant, which aired originally on Notably Texan on July 21st. Tyler, I've been playing your music on Notably Texan as far back as your 2006 Born in Texas solo album, and it's been a thrill to witness your progress and see your success through the years. This chat is far overdue, so thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, man, it's, it's absolutely my pleasure. Uh, how long have you been living in Nashville now? I moved to Nashville at the, let's see, probably the end of 2008, so I was still 17 years old. Wow. And um, I just, when I first came to Nashville, um, I I really just had a, a, a strong bond with the city. And, like, I met a few songwriters right off the bat. You know, that's something that I'd, I'd never really just hung out with people who wrote songs for a living. And I thought, I want to I make a living writing songs. And, <laughs> um, I just met a bunch of cool people, and it seemed like, you know, I grew up in Honey Grove, Texas. And the thing that I, that I was always kind of missing in, <laughs> you know, small a small, small town was, the music community, and that, and that just felt like something that Nashville had in spades, you know? Yeah, without a doubt, man. I mean, w was it uh, pretty easy for you to settle in? Was it was it a culture shock after coming from uh, Honey Grove? Well, yeah, I mean, it was a culture shock to have a grocery store within, you know, drive, <laughs> you know, where you could just, like, <laughs> drive five minutes to get groceries. Sure. Cool. <laughs> um, but it certainly was weird, you know? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I still consider myself a Texan, you know, and, and all of my family still lives in Texas. It was hard. It was hard to leave all my friends, um, but I, I really did. I just had this feeling that I was gonna just be be better set to to win with my goals, uh, you know, in Nashville. You know, it's, I'm I'm glad that I made the move. I met my wife here. You know, I made some of my best friends are here, and and I ended up starting the Shakedown that year. Things got off to a, to a roaring start for you there, and I know that you have not forgotten uh, your roots in in the sweetest town in, in Texas, as it's called, because I know you, you shouted out your hometown uh, back on your 2013 song, Poor Boy's Dream, which I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some Texas nods in our in our new material as well. Oh, sweet, man. That's exciting. Yeah. I was going to ask you, why don't they have your name on the uh, city limit signs there yet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're competing with Davy Crockett, man. That was a big one. He fought at the Alamo. <laughs> okay, well, I guess you got a point there. Uh, well, uh, Tyler, uh, you're known to have started playing guitar at uh, the young age of uh, six, I believe. Did you find a passion for the instrument on your own, or were you kind of inspired by your family or friends? I was I was inspired by a video I saw of Elvis Presley in music class when I was in first grade. That was sort of the thing that really set me off, because I got the voice, I got the song, I got the guitar playing and I got the showmanship all out of one video, you know, and and I wanted to be able to do all of that. Been working at it ever since. Now, I, I read that you pawned off your childhood bike or something like that to uh, to buy a guitar when you were a kid. Is that true? Yeah, well, I had a, a, um, a little, you know, beat up dirt bike that uh, that my parents gifted me, you know, which is <laughs> very, very uh, trusting of them because, I, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was hell on wheels and still am, but... Uh, I, uh, I, you know, I sure hated to, to get rid of that dirt bike because I had so much fun. You know, I'd get my sister to lay down and try to like jump her on it, and <laughs> stuff like that. But um, they, 
you know, I come from a, a really hardworking, humble family, and uh, you know, we we didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of money to throw around, and I think my my parents also instilled in me like, you know, if you want something, sometimes you have to make sacrifices for it, and it's. I mean, that's how I look at moving to Nashville, that was a sacrifice I felt like I had to make to, to reach some of the goals that I wanted. And, and uh, you know, another sacrifice I had to make was, dang, I got to get rid of this dirt bike, man, <laughs> <laughs> to get a guitar, you know, because I, I don't think my, my, my dad, I think just wanted me to know that you can't just have everything. You have, sometimes there's trade-offs. Well, yeah, that's, that's a pretty big uh, cutoff for you there, cutting off your, your main mode of transportation as a kid, but that kind of showed your dedication to the instrument, I guess, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I think my parents were really just worried I was going to hurt myself. Well, because I, I constantly was, yeah. Right, it's it's natural for a for a young boy who's got a bike to end up doing that a bit. <laughs> well, we're talking with Tyler Bryant here on KETR. Um, I know you've had to tell this story many times before, but would you uh, recount uh, your influential run in with a with a blues guitarist in Paris back in your formative years? Yeah, yeah. So I used to I used to hang out at this uh, guitar shop. Well, actually, this. I didn't really start hanging out into the guitar shop until I met him, but I, I had a guitar, and this is before this is before I got the electric guitar, before the dirt bike went away, and I had an, this acoustic guitar, but I was, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, thrilled at playing the acoustic guitar. It didn't feel as, you know, exciting and exhilarating as I would, would have hoped it would, and anyways, I broke a string on my acoustic, and I went to go get a set of strings at this music store called Holly Bond Music in Paris, Texas at the time. And there was this guy sitting in the corner named Roosevelt Twitty. I later found out and he was playing uh, uh, Texas Flood by Stevie Ray Vaughan, but he was playing it in the style of another Texas great, Lightning Hopkins. Wow. And uh, two of my favorites, and, and it was just, it it floored me. I'd never heard anything like it. And I walked over, and I think he could just sense how engaged I was with what he was doing. And he said, do you like the blues? And I said, I don't know what the blues is. And he's like, well, this is the blues. And I said, I love the blues. <laughs> and um, I picked up a little four-string bass because I thought maybe I could try to follow the changes. And I, didn't, I had no idea what I was doing. But he you know, he, he made me feel like I was part of the jam. And I ran into him again another time. And he just kind of kept crossing my path. And eventually he he told my parents, he said, if he, if he wants to play the blues, I'll teach him. And uh, I started going over to his house every now and then, and he picked me up from school, and we'd listen to John Lee Hooker cassettes on the way over to his house, and we'd sit in his little apartment, and he'd make sandwiches, and we'd sit there and just watch blues VHS tapes of Freddie King and John Lee Hooker and Bobby Blue Bland, and then we'd sit and play guitar, and he'd say, just close your eyes and, and try it. You know, and, and he's like, don't be afraid of messing up. And still to this day, that's what I do is just close my eyes and try, you know. <laughs> wow. That's incredible, man. And, and you guys remained uh, close friends, I, th I think, through his life, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, you know, he got to a point where he, you know, he, he was diabetic and his vision started to suffer. And I started going and picking him up after school. Okay. We'd bring him over to Honey Grove and we would jam. And yeah, great, great friends and, and you know, until the end and. And uh, he left. He left me his guitar whenever he passed, and it's still one of my most prized possessions. That's amazing, man. I mean, that just honestly sounds like uh, something out of a movie script. Honestly, <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was really a cool thing, and I think for me, it just, um, you know, not to get too heady, but it does. It it does show that, like, 
you know, there, there's a lot more to music than selling records or playing big shows or any of that. It's like, man, it could really change somebody's life like it did mine. You know, it, it helped give me a sense of purpose. And uh, for some, for a kid who didn't feel like he really fit in anywhere, that it gave me a place to kind of hang my hat and feel like I was part of something. And it's just, it was pretty, pretty special for me. I'm, I'm just so happy that I ran into him. Right. I mean, obviously you two were destined to meet, and uh, I, I think that had a profound impact on your life from what it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you had that uh, that early blues influence, uh, as we heard on your on your first album, uh, but you started kind of getting into more and more heavier stuff. So tell me about some of the rock and roll that spoke to you while you were growing up and how it sort of started to shape your sound. Well, you know, about the time I started driving, I found myself at a Black Crows concert and I realized that their music was just blues, but with longer hair and more distortion and volume, of course. <laughs> okay. but, um, so I thought, oh, this is this is a way that I, if I did this, I could trick my friends into listening to my music. Because pe- people didn't, none of my friends or kids my age wanted to come listen to me play like Boom 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 by John Lee Hooker, you know? And so I, I thought, oh, if I, if I do this, I can trick people into listening to the blues and then maybe they'll like it too. And so it kind of started as just like a, a, a ploy to get people from, you know, my, my age to listen to what I was into. And, and it I ended up just kind of finding all this music that I loved, you know? Um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, The Stones. And then that led me to like Nirvana and Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots and all this. But it's pretty cool, like through rock and roll, I've been able to play some of those blues licks that Mr. Twitty taught me, you know, in stadiums and arenas and big festivals all over the world, you know? Like, we got to play, you know, a stadium show in Paris, France with Guns N' Roses, and I played, I kicked off one little uh, blues song that, you know, that I learned in Paris, Texas, you know? So that's that's amazing. Cool. It all comes full circle. Full circle. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tyler, it was uh, it was upon moving to Nashville from Texas, as you mentioned earlier, that you formed your band, The Shakedown, and uh, the band has released several albums since 2013. And you mentioned that uh, you were you were pretty quickly able to to find some guys to jam with. So, how did you find the right guys to get the band started? Well, uh, a, a lot of luck and a lot of uh, you know, I, I guess that's really all it was was luck. I I just kept my ears open and I and I kept asking around, and and finally someone said, "Hey, I know a drummer," and it was it was a girl that worked at our at the booking agency that I was trying to work with, and I didn't really have a band, so the booking agency couldn't do too much with me. But um, there, this girl said, "Oh, I know this drummer, and he, but he's he's probably busy because he was going to Belmont, the college here, to be a drum major, and he's sort of the hotshot kid at Belmont." So I said, "That's who I want to jam with. I want to jam with the hotshot kid." Yeah. And we got together and we jammed, and I said, "Hey, you want to play a show next week?" And that that we went down to uh gillies or the well the palladium that's attached to gillies in dallas and we got to play a show with erica baidu another texan yeah and then one of our next next shows was like we drove from texas i mean from nashville to amarillo which i believe is like a 15 hour drive and we played a 30 minute opening set for ario speedwagon and then we drove 15 hours back so it was 30 <laughs> hours of driving for a 30 minute set i mean you know? that's worth it right <laughs> it, it's the kind of stuff you you have to do whenever you start a band you have to you have to you know earn your stripes and and caleb crosby the drummer and i we we were de- you know like determined to, to go out and earn our stripes and 
you know, tear tear through a couple band vans and still going strong. And then and then we met Graham Whitford, the other guitarist in New York City. We were at a radio station doing an interview, and this was like back in the day uh, when MySpace was a thing. And he had heard a couple of our songs on MySpace, and he went, he came to the radio station with his guitar because he liked us. He was introduced to me as a guy that was going to put me out of a job, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't like him at first because of that. I felt like really competitive, and then I heard him play, and I thought, oh, they're not joking. He's really good. So we. We said you should join. You should join forces with us. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's the logical thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's what a, a smart businessman might do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating, man. So uh, you actually mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you and the Shakedown have uh, toured with and opened for some legendary bands through the years. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, who are some other notable names people might be interested to know that this uh, good old boy from uh, Honey Grove has uh, been <laughs> touring the world with over the years? Oh, man. Well, you know, the Texas Legends, Easy Top. We got to do a lot of touring with them. Oh, nice. And Billy Gibbons and uh, Jeff Beck. Got to tour with Jeff for a long time. That was amazing. Um, in in 2016, we, we were out on tour with Billy Gibbons opening acoustically for him and we got a call from our booking agent saying i think i just got you guys an audition with acdc wow and we were and we were like what an audition they said basically you get three shows with acdc in america for angus to decide if he likes you or not and if he likes you then you can do the rest of the world and well at that point it was we could do the rest of america with them that was what was on the table and after the third show, we didn't hear anything. Uh-oh. And I was I was freaked out. I thought, how am I going to continue if Angus Young thinks we suck? And <laughs> we decided we were going to just take a chance, and we drove to the next gig. And the head tour manager or whatever said, oh, nobody told you? Angus decided after the first show that he wanted you guys to not only do the rest of <laughs> this tour, but the rest of the world with him. <laughs> wow. Um, so we got to go you know, out on that the ACDC Rocker Bust World Tour which was the first time we ever got to go tour in Europe and all that. And then 10 shows in, that's whenever Brian Johnson, their singer, started having hearing issues. And Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses stepped in. And probably 10, 10 or so shows in, we met Axl in London. We were doing the Olympic Stadium there. And Axl said, you guys ought to come play, uh, play some shows with my band sometime. <laughs> and that's how we ended up doing all these dates with Guns N' Roses. We actually just did one with them in the Czech Republic, uh, earlier this month, and you know it was, it was awesome. That's incredible, man. I mean, you have yeah. you have definitely uh, made made the right connections and made the, all the the friends you could only have uh, dreamt of uh, back in the day through through your career so far. That's that's amazing. Well, we 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 really have certainly worked hard, and um, I think we're we're kind of at this interesting point because there's you can do so many opening gigs and opening gigs, but at some point you have to start trying to establish yourself as a headlining band, and I think we've you know, obviously we haven't gotten to tour in America near as much as we would have liked to over the last four years because the, t- the two years leading up to that, we were doing so much in Europe. Two years leading up to the, uh, you know, the strange time. Right. We we were in Europe for a long time. So we're, we're so excited to kind of get back and start doing our own shakedown shows here in America. Well, I think people are going to be uh, happy to, to, to see you guys uh, getting back at it here. So uh, with the style of music that uh, that Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown release, people might be surprised to know that uh, that you listen to a, a fairly diverse selection of music, right? I do, yeah. I mean, lately I've just been listening to a ton of classic country music. 
Um, but I love rock and roll. I love blues. I love I love everything. We have no problem with that on the, on this program because uh, notably Texan uh, plays exactly what you're talking about. It's exclusively music by Texas artists or people born or based here, but it's literally from any style, any era, any genre. So I can definitely get behind that that eclectic love of music because good music is is just good music, isn't it? Absolutely, and I think that's that's one thing that I'm proud to be from Texas um, for is because I feel like. Texans take so much pride in Texas music. Yeah, I, I've always uh, kind of even joked about that on the show that I don't really think there are shows like Notably Texan in uh, in a lot of other states where they can take as much pride in the the artists that come from Wyoming or you know Iowa yeah. or something like that. So it's just something Absolutely. about Texas. Absolutely. You used to have to book time in studios to get things recorded, but uh, I understand that you're pretty well set up to kind of do a lot of recording on your own now. Yeah, I am. Um... I've, I've, over the last few years, I've been I've been kind of setting up my own space, and you know it's a it's a humble little workshop. I've got my tools, you know, a bunch of old. I'm 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 really obsessed with collecting vintage analog gear, um, but I I have a, you know a lot of the new bells and whistles as well, and you know we recorded the last couple of shakedown records in in my studio, and then uh, I just finished co-producing the uh, new Larkin Poe record for my wife's. You know, my wife is uh, the, the main singer in that band. Yeah. And that, that record turned out really cool. It's called Blood Harmony and comes out in November. But the first two singles are already out. And I'm really proud of it. It's during, especially during the, the uh, sort of lockdown, it gave me a, a, a place to direct my energy because I, haven't, I hadn't been off the road since I was 16 years old. Right. So I had so much time and, and uh, it, gave, it gave me somewhere to, to kind of put my creativity. Yeah, I can imagine that's got to be tough for somebody who's uh, who's been active for for all those years and having the the plug kind of pulled here during the pandemic. Uh, you had to had to keep yourself busy doing something, right? <laughs> totally, man. Now, uh, I think people will be interested to hear about this. Uh, you and your band were were featured guests on his album co-starring. So, how did you get hooked up with Ray Wiley Hubbard? Oh yeah, I was going to name drop that if you didn't. Cause, <laughs> I mean. I feel like if you say Ray Wiley Hubbard in Texas, the, the red carpet is immediately rolled out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ray, it was funny, man. If this is such a random story. I've been obsessed with Ray forever. And every time since I was 17 years old, anytime we ever started a tour, we would always turn Snake Farm on in our band van. <laughs> really? And, and we'd all sing it real loud and do the, yeah. you know. And <laughs> so we went, we played this metal festival in Belgium called grass pop and after our show they they wanted us to do this like goofy song called carpool karaoke where you get into this van and they basically just drive around and they, and you have to sing a song that that you that you like and it was all these metal heads and we thought it would freak them out if we did a Ray Wiley Hubbard song <laughs> so we did so we were riding around in this van with a bunch of metal metal heads and and they had no idea what to make of snake farm and <laughs> They posted a video of it, and then Ray said, you know, they thought our music was righteous. And, and I, so I wrote him, and I said, hey, you know, it would be an honor if we could maybe write a song together sometime. So he came to, uh, he came over to my, you know, the studio I had in my house at that time, and, and we, we wrote, recorded a couple songs, and they ended, he ended up putting them on his record. You know, we sat at my kitchen table and wrote a couple, and then we went to get Mexican food and came back and we did a live take and I thought it was just a demo and he, you know, he's one of those guys that just, he, he's just so cool. He doesn't need to do it twice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
wow, that is that's incredible, man. I mean, I know that he is uh, somebody who's always trying to be in touch with uh, with. I, he told me one time that he likes the roots and branches of uh, of music and songwriting. So uh, I know that he likes to kind of be in touch with people that everybody else is not following per se. And yeah. uh, so I'm I'm thrilled to hear that it was it ended up being that easy in a way to get hooked up with him. Oh man, we've written a bunch of songs together too, and um, and and also he's just become a really great friend to uh, me and my wife Rebecca, and you know he's come over and we've had. You know, just we've had some wonderful hangs. I, like I came home from the road one time, and Ray was in our living room with Pam Tillis, <laughs> really, and and Larkin Poe. And I said, "Can you guys hold?" They were rehearsing because Rebecca, my wife, was going to play mandolin with him at the Opry that night. And I said, "Hey, can you guys hold on? Don't run the song yet." And I ran down to my studio and I put a real long mic cable on a microphone and I put it in the middle of the room and I said, "Now." So and I just sat there and watched, and I've got this recording I listen to every now and then, just thinking, man, what a what a what a magic moment to come home and hear Ray Wiley singing in your living room. That's just incredible, man. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's as cool as it gets, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh, I know it's been a few years, and you've you've definitely already been mentioning it, but uh, congratulations uh, on your marriage, man. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I did good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people may know your wife, as you've been mentioning, uh, singer and gu- guitarist Rebecca Lovell from uh, Larkin Poe. Uh, how did you two meet? We met through a, a recording engineer named Vance Powell. He was, he was looking at working with Larkin Poe, and their manager had asked if he could suggest some, some people for... Rebecca to write with, and I was the first person that he suggested. He sent me a bunch of her songs, and I started listening to them. And there's all these old Alan Lomax field recordings where he would go around to prisons and record people, you know, singing in prisons, and he would record people on the front porches, and he'd go to churches and record people. And there's all these great old, like, just historical American recordings. Right. And um, I, I became obsessed with a couple of these songs. Like there's this one song called Tom Devil. In the folders that Vance sent me, Rebecca was singing that song. And I, and I thought to myself, no way she knows about this stuff. <laughs> so I immediately felt really, you know, intrigued. And and we, we became pen pals for probably seven months, eight months before we even met. And we were just sending each other music back and forth. And, and yeah, just became really good friends and, and uh yeah rest is history but she's she's a, a very talented artist as well and 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 we 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 both um we play a lot of texas country music you know guy clark and towns van zant you know that kind of stuff when we're when we're home and we like to make up country songs in the morning <laughs> that's awesome man have you taught her a few uh tricks and licks on the guitar or vice versa <laughs> uh we're constantly stealing from each other <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, obviously, it's it's like the ultimate uh, guitar powerhouse couple here. So, I mean, uh, you two were destined to be with one another. <laughs> yeah, we call ourselves a power chord couple. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> hey, Tyler Bryant, while I've got you here on uh, this listener-supported radio service for Northeast Texas, uh, do you have a maybe a testimonial about uh, public radio uh, or perhaps a plea to support what we do for the area that includes your hometown? Well, absolutely. I think... Uh, I think public radio re- really does offer so much support for artists like myself who don't have a huge machine behind them. And I think I think that sometimes whenever people don't have a big machine behind them, 
they can go direct they can get directly to the point because they're not catering to any anyone else's agendas and that's one thing I love about public radio and, and so yeah I I do think that public radio needs to be supported and I think independent artists need need to be supported and that way people can get together and enjoy music and you know just keep fueling it how often do you generally get to come back home to Texas these days anyway not much i was recently flying to uh, montana and i got a i had a uh, flight get way delayed at, at DFW so got got a car drove down to Honey Grove got a home cooked meal went back to the airport it was great oh, that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah i'm sure that you were constantly uh, writing some new stuff and uh, are you guys working on uh, new music right now man we're we're always working on new music we got we got a new uh we got a new record a new shakedown record that's ready to go and i'm thrilled i'm thrilled about it it's uh well, you'll be you'll be seeing and, and hearing about that real soon. We'll be making some announcements about that real soon. And I myself have been recording. Um, you know, I don't I don't know exactly what my what my plan is going to be with it. But we, the showdown started our own record label called Rattle Shake Records. Okay. And so we just we just did a, a a distribution deal for that record label, and this this will be our first independent release. And it's it's really cool because we've had a, a couple of record deals in the past, and we've made note of some of the people that we really enjoyed working with, and we're going and hiring them ourselves as the record label. Oh wow! Um, so we're taking, you know, we're taking control of our music, and and I think that it, it's really cool to be, you know, living in an age where we can do that from the very beginning in the production phase to the very end with the music videos, with everything, we're we're taking control of it. And, going to do it our way and i'm and i'm i'm thrilled about that but it also not being on a on a major record label who has rules and expectations about when you can and can't release music i think it'll open the door for us to just just feed the people who care about it you know and i want to put out a i want to put out a solo record one day of you know sort of the songs that are right with my wife in the morning that kind of thing um who knows who knows what what will happen but i know that there's the possibilities are endless right now and and the new shakedown material is heavy duty well uh man it's uh really i i meant to when i said at the beginning that this discussion has been a long time coming i uh i'm sure you you wouldn't remember this but uh, a million years ago i uh had a, a brief run-in with you uh at a, a cass haley show in paris you were still in your oh, teenage, no way. you were in your teenage years and i think Either you were just at the show, or maybe you had opened uh, for Cass or something like that, and uh, some somehow or another we were briefly introduced. And I think you were again, you were a young teenager, and I think you were probably sick of uh, everybody, you know, all the media trying to pay attention to you. <laughs> so yeah, you, uh, we didn't really get to talk much. I, I expressed my interest, but you were kind of like, eh. eh that's I was like, right. hey man, I, thank you. I want to play now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, oh man, I hope it, I hope it wasn't a jerk. But, no, not um, at all. <laughs> but, yeah, no. I, Man, yeah, there's so, like you mentioned, Cass, just another great artist from Texas. You know, there's so many. Yeah, well, listen, I know you're already surrounded by music all the time, but if you ever uh, want to hear what we're doing with uh, with Notably Texan, you can stream it on our website. We're on every uh, weekday afternoon, and uh, you might even discover some new stuff going on back back home in Texas that you hadn't heard about yet. Yeah, I'm sure I would. You know what? I'll, I'll absolutely do that. Well, listen, man, this has been a, a true honor, and, and uh, let's talk again when you guys put out that new music. Would would you? Come on, man, anytime. And I'm your host, Matt Minky. This interview. Review has been a production of 88.9 KETR, supported by our listeners. Click the donate button today at KETR.org.